There's discrimination everywhere. Of course there is. But what do we do about it? How do we root it out? And how do we create consequences when there is discrimination? Well, renting real estate, there isn't much you can do in those independent circumstances. You could file a claim. You could sue. But most likely, people just move on and they decide to rent or buy somewhere else. Devell Morrison's a real estate agent and weighs in on exactly what the issues are and exactly whether or not we can make people accountable when they do discriminate in the rental or buying process. The Ontario Real Estate Association's Presidential Advisory Group released yesterday something called the Fighting for Fair Housing Report. 19 recommendations on how to eliminate systemic racism, improve inclusion as well in Ontario's housing market. Why is this necessary? Lots of reasons, lots of obvious reasons, but there's some that are probably hidden underneath the surface. You probably have to go through the process of uh, of renting out and renting in as well to really realize it. But 93 percent, this was the survey involved, 93 percent of black real estate agents believe discrimination plays a role in the rental process. So let's figure out how to solve this. And uh, helping us do that this morning is PAG Chair Devel Morrison. It's great to have you back on Toronto today. Devel, thanks for making the time for us. No problem. Thank you for having me back, Greg. I really appreciate it. That's a really high number. It's not a good number. Um, Nobody feels good looking at a number like that. Is that a higher number than if we'd surveyed black real estate agents 15, 20 years ago? Is the problem getting more more notable or just more people speaking up about it? I think just more people are speaking out about it. I think that there's always certain truths that certain communities know about that maybe they just don't express to everybody else. And a survey like this sort of draws information like that out. It's something that Black realtors have known for years and lots of Caucasian realtors have also known for years as well, too. I mean, there's a Facebook group called Renting While Black. That's how Mm. prevalent the problem is, is because there's Black people saying, "Okay, so if you're a landlord, can you post your place on the here so that other Black people can apply because they're having such a hard time? And, you know, the craziest part of the story is that, you know, we were posting this story on one of the Facebook groups last night. And every single comment after was, yeah, I had to live in a hotel because I couldn't find a place to live for a long time. Yeah, this happened to me. Yes, this happened to me. So it's not even one of those things that somebody can actually refute unless they're outside of the community and they haven't necessarily seen it happen to them. I have Caucasian realtors coming to me all the time saying, oh, my God, my client is is BIPOC. Their credit score is over 700. So, you know, and the credit scores are out of 900. So over 700 is considered to be a great score. Their client makes six figures, has a really good job, but they keep getting turned down for rentals. And they start to realize a pattern. They're like, this is ridiculous. It's obvious that it's racism. So it's a huge problem out there. It really is. I understand that renting and and maybe even selling uh, a home that, that's a very personal experience. If you're putting somebody into your, uh, you know, your basement or you're renting out part of your property or you've got a townhouse, it, it is a personal thing if you're involved and it's your financial investment. But to your point, there's nothing else that's that's similar like this. If if anybody wants to buy a plane ticket, can buy a plane ticket, go to a restaurant. Yeah, absolutely. Um, shop for groceries, of course. This is the one thing that there's not there's not many other things to compare this to necessarily and say, well, here's what this industry did to talk about their discrimination in, in their industry. Yeah, and that that is the challenge with it, right? Is it it is up to individuals. And of course, you have benchmarks to meet. Like I said, the benchmark of having a credit score over 700. But once you hit that and you've sort of done your checks and balances with everybody, then why are you rejecting somebody? So, you know, that's why it's such a challenge. But, you know, we've done Aria has done the research. 
Uh, right now, it's about awareness and letting people know that this is an issue. The next mm-hmm. phase will be will be education, needing to get out there and educate people about it, creating some sort of mandatory education for real estate agents to give them the tools to speak to their clients, their landlord clients, when they try to pull this kind of nonsense to get them not to pull this kind of nonsense. So that's part of the that's part of the steps of how do we get through, get past this. But then the other thing is that we really need to look at the Residential Tenancies Act and the Landlord Tenant Board and reworking those things. So that's one of the other recommendations is reworking the Residential Tenancies Act to make it more fair. I mean, this is, you know, renting a place is sort of the first rung on the property ladder towards home ownership. And if you can't get a place to rent, how does that bode well for your future? Yeah, and I'm not sure what the punishment is or, or what sort of, you know, recourse somebody has if they find someone did discriminate based, you know, on race. It doesn't even matter if it's, if it's specifically, if they did it at all. What's the recourse for someone discriminated against? What should the consequences be for someone who did it? And especially if they did it multiple times. We, we really don't have benchmarks for that, do we? No, we really don't. And that's the challenge. It's, you know, racism is a great and discrimination is a great area, you know, not just with racism, but if you look at in the LGBTQ plus community as well, last year, there was a condo building on Bay Street that wanted to deny two single sex, two male um, Mm -hmm. guys from living together because it was against their quote unquote family policy in the condo building. That's ridiculous. That's a problem. That's a problem. And that that was a problem in 1992, let alone 2022. And, and I, exactly. I, I would say that there's more. I'm sure when I was a university student, I know um, that there were probably places that didn't rent to me because I was a student and I was younger and uh, and I would have had limited income and and certainly would have needed. Um, I think I think we needed to have parents co-sign. Uh, for when when four of us decided to rent a place in our second year, because, you know, what happens if we trash the place? What happens if we run off? But if those if those safeguards are in place, if income's not a factor, if, say, a previous criminal record is not a factor, there's obviously boxes that everybody has to check for their own safety when they're renting out. But the color scum, somebody's skin's not one of them. Yes, absolutely. And that's the challenge. It's how do you create a process that can be a little bit more fair but landlords still need to be able to do their checks and balances as well, too. I am a landlord, too. So mm-hmm. I see it from all kinds of sides. Right. Um, but, yeah, landlords still need to be able to do their checks and make sure that they're not putting a crazy person in their place. But again, that shouldn't have to do with skin color. Because you are and because you know the industry so well, are are landlords able to say are they able to list an ad now? Because they sure did. Like I said, 30, 35 years ago, no students. Can they say no kids? Can they do that if it's their own property? No, they, they can't do that. But there are subtle things that people do to do that. And quite frankly, I've actually heard of some instances in parts of the city where they do say, you know, no such and such as ethnicity in their place. So I have heard of ads like that that do say things like that. Um, they are against human rights code. But unfortunately, kind of goes back to your earlier point. Well, what's the recourse? Who's going to pursue that? How's a 20 year old community college student going to are they going to call a lawyer and they're just going to look somewhere else, which is, uh, you know, for better or sometimes for worse, because maybe it's the place they want it. Maybe it's further away geographically than the school. Um, There's a lot of. Yeah. Who's who's going to strike up legal action just based on one incident? A lot of people won't. So people end up continuing to get away with it. Exactly. Because you could have people who are ageist. They don't want someone who's too old in their place and they get denied. And, and you know, when you when you have a tenant that goes to apply to be in a place, you don't really get honest feedback. You just get sorry they didn't qualify. 
that that's it. <laughs> you don't get to find out why. Um, because quite frankly, if they told you, you mm. might have recourse to come back to them. So they don't. So they just tell you a very vague story. We're going to work with other applications. Yeah. Um, so you, you never really know what that reason is as to why you've been mm. denied rental. Devell Morrison's a real estate broker with Bosley Limited, uh, and as mentioned, uh, this uh, this this uh, this poll is concerning, and uh, the uh, presidential advisory group from the Ontario Real Estate Association is looking to do something about it. Thanks very much for the time today, Devell. Greatly appreciate our conversation. Thanks for having me, Greg. You bet.